This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I ask, who do you want to be? Welcome in. We are live here on this Wednesday afternoon, and we've got a lot to take care of here as we get one day closer to another Falcons football game. Braves wrapping up their West Coast swing here. They'll play an afternoon game today and then come back home. And of course, we have some live golf news to get to, my favorite subject of all things. Appreciate you guys starting your day with A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Don't forget to subscribe to that YouTube channel. Give that thumbs up to all the great content there. All right, let's start with Georgia because uh, they're going to get their first taste of uh, an SEC opponent coming up on Saturday. And I don't want to say a real opponent because guess what? My guess is Oregon is a lot more real than South Carolina is. But still, you know, a lot of people are going to quickly overlook and dismiss Oregon because Georgia pasted them 49 to three. But what's interesting, what has happened with Georgia um, for a team last year that had so much prowess defensively and had one of the best defenses in college football history last year through the first two games, <clears throat> their offense is really what has stood out. Now, again, I know that they've only given up three total points on the season and have yet to give up a touchdown on defense. But still, what is different, what stands out, is this offense. And what stands out, because if I would have told you at the beginning of the year that Georgia, heading into the game against South Carolina, would have the second best passing attack in the nation, behind Texas Tech, averaging 395 yards per game through the air, you would have told me, I don't believe it. Not with this quarterback. And you would have been right. I think that's fair. I think it's totally okay to have doubted Stetson Bennett and his ability to be that type of passer because we've never seen it before. We didn't see it last year. We saw him be good. We saw him be consistent. We saw him make plays when he had to. But the difference was is he was never called on to carry the offense. He carried them through the Georgia game. He didn't really have to do much against Sanford. Nobody did. But still, that's not the point. Bennett's completing 75% of his passes on the year. His quarterback rating is through the roof. Make that what you will, if it matters to you or not. But this is an offense right now that is predicated on throwing the football. Here's the interesting part. They're taking on a South Carolina team this week that has been gashed on the ground through two, two games so far. They have really been run all over, particularly last week against Arkansas. Um, and since the Gamecocks have given up 247 rushing yards per game through the first two games, that would sort of lead you to believe that Georgia on Saturday will take that approach with Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton. I think that would make a lot of sense. I'm not sure that's exactly what Kirby Smart and Jeff Munkin are going to do. Um, I think that this Georgia offense will be one of the most balanced Georgia offenses you will see in modern memory. I, I genuinely believe that there is a desire now, 
And we'll see how they start this game because this will be very, very telling. But there is a genuine desire to sort of transition to the more modern offense, the more of the what we've seen uh, the rest of college football develop to. They don't have to be an air raid like, you know, Texas Tech and Mississippi State and everything else. Like, they don't need to do that. But I think they're going to be a much more competent passing team. Why? I'll tell you in a second. First word, my friends, from my friends at betonline.net, your number one online source for odds, lines, and games. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events right there at betonline.net. They have news and reviews of every league, including the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Guys, I was on betonline.net yesterday. Just a wealth of information out there if you're somebody who likes to gamble or you like somebody who likes that information that you need to figure out who's going to win a certain game. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. They've got you covered on all of it. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Why is Georgia going to transition to this new offense? Because they know it's going to win more national titles. It's that simple. And I understand that Georgia will still have a running game. They won't abandon it. But maybe the concept of RBU is going to fall by the wayside a little bit due to necessity more than than lack of talent or recruiting or scheme or whatever. Maybe it just feels like Georgia is starting to evolve with the times, and good coaches do. And Kirby Smart understands that. Now, they're going to head into uh, Williams-Brice Stadium on Saturday, uh, a place that has often been a thorn in the side of the Bulldogs over the years. Uh, Georgia actually lost to South Carolina. That game was in Athens, so it was an overtime game, 20-17. to 17. Other than that, in the, in the past, uh, three of the past previous four meetings, Georgia has been in the 40s, and they haven't even allowed 20. So they've won each of those games by 20-plus points, including two games in Columbia. Uh, and they have uh, they have basically pasted that team. This game should take a similar form to that. However, uh, Shane Beamer and their quarterback now, Spencer Rattler, the former Oklahoma quarterback, right? Part two, I think, after Caleb. Anyway, uh, they don't quit. That team's going to play for full 60 minutes. They're going to keep coming. But I am so curious to see how Georgia starts this game, whether they lean into the run like we would expect them to do and control the game and control the tempo as much as they can, or they just do what they did to Oregon. Because there's every reason for them to sit there and go, Oregon's better than South Carolina. They have more talent than South Carolina. They have one of the best defensive players in the country on defense if South Carolina does not. And we scored touchdowns on our first seven offensive drives. What do we need to do different? The answer, nothing. Nothing. I mean, the point simply is this, is that even the most ardent Stetson Bennett detractors, hello, me, right here, I'm one of those guys. Even one of even one of those should know and understand that uh, things have changed. And while I don't think Stetson Bennett is going to win the Heisman, I don't even think he's going to be in the conversation. What I do think is genuinely this passing attack could become something different than what we've ever seen before. 
And I don't think for one second Kirby Smart's going to let up this weekend. I think he still wants to send a message to everybody about how good this team is and about how much they are the team to beat in college football. They've got the number one ranking now. It'll be theirs for the rest of the year as long as they don't lose a game. I think that means something to Kirby. I, I think Kirby wanting to finish the season number one overall and go to the playoffs and win a national title, those are kind of the things that they would deem, you know, a perfect season. And that stuff is kind of important to Kirby. All right, coming up next, um, an interesting move by Brian Snitker last night as the Braves uh, avoid their first four-game losing streak of the season. They'll close out the West Coast trip coming up today. As well, how will the Falcons approach the Los Angeles Rams? That's coming up next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube. And wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Be right back. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. Give the thumbs up and like to all the content there. Check out all the shows on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is A to Z. I've hit and hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batiste. Of course, our Braves postcast after every Braves game, as well as Locked On Falcons, Locked On Hawks, all right here on your best spot for Atlanta sports, Locked On Sports Atlanta. All right, uh, let's get to the Braves. You just mentioned them. They win yesterday. Uh, a 5-1 win over the San Francisco Giants. Uh, they get some timely hitting. Uh, Dansby goes deep, and uh, it was game was never really close. It was interesting to see, though, that in a non-save situation, um, Kenley Jansen comes in in the ninth, gives up a hit, but doesn't give up any runs. Uh, and it was one of those things where you could argue, well, he hadn't pitched since I think it was Sunday uh, prior to that. And so... He was just getting him some work because you don't want guys to sit down for that extended period. Let me just double check. Uh, yeah, he last pitched on, I'm sorry, pitched on Tuesday. Um, yeah, he pitched on Tuesday, which was last night, duh, and he hadn't pitched on Sunday. So um, he uses him in a non-save situation. He also uses Rossiel Iglesias last night in the eighth. So want, <clears throat> wanting to make sure, and I think that's what that was more about, was wanting to make sure that, hey, they don't fall into this four-game losing streak deal. He went with, you know, door shut, door shut in the eighth and the ninth. Um, what happens if the save is required today? Will he go to Iglesias? Will he go to Jansen? I think at this point in time, everybody needs to put down the idea that he's going to move off Kenley Jansen as a closer. It's, it's probably in your best mental sanity if you just don't worry about it, right? Like, honestly, there there's, there's no reason to believe that he is going to move off Kenley. So everyone needs to get used to that idea. Uh, and if a, a high leverage spot comes up, he's got other, other guys in the bullpen that he can trust and that he can absolutely uh, lean on in those spots. So all things considered, uh, I don't know that it was curious per se. You, like I said, you could argue he definitely wanted to get him some work uh, and, and, Winning that game was super important because guess what? Um, they were able to look up at the scoreboard and see that the Cubs beat the Mets 4-1. to one. So closing that game out was big uh, because now they're a half game out uh, of, of the Mets. And so I think some of that predicated some of the decisions that were being made. I get it. I understand. But still, I, I, I am pretty confident at this point in time that he is uh, – made his decision that Kenley is his closer. 
and he's not going to move off of it. And I think everybody needs to just get comfortable with that idea that it's going to be a bumpy ride. He's not the first manager to go into a, a, a playoff run or even the playoffs themselves with a less than steady closer. Uh, and he did it last year in a certain extent with Will Smith. So there's no reason to believe that he wouldn't do it again this year and that it couldn't wouldn't work. Just is what it is. So buckle in for a bumpy ride. This is where we are. Got to learn to deal with it. Uh, they send uh, uh, Charlie Morton to the mound today to try to get a win on the last day of this road trip. And I think the Mets are off today. I, I got to double check real quick. Uh, and so the Braves can tie again for first place as they head into, you know, another big series. Yeah, the Mets are off today. So, oh, no, they're not. I'm sorry. They get the Cubs tonight. So I don't know when their other off day is because the Mets have played uh, one more game, but still, nonetheless. So big night tonight, or big afternoon, I should say, uh, Morton and Rodome. And then tonight the Mets will have uh, Drew Peterson going against uh, Drew Smiley. Hmm, interesting. I'm sorry, David Peterson. I was like, Battle of the Drews. No, not Battle of the Drews. Hey, before we get to the Atlanta Falcons, I want to take a second to tell you about my friends at Coffee AM and coffeeam.com. Best small batch coffee roaster in America, and it's right here in Georgia. The freshest coffee. Why is it so fresh? Because they're roasted and shipped on the same day or close to it. That box is going to arrive at your front door. You're going to pop it open, and you're going to smell nothing but the finest coffee from around the world. And when I say around the world, I literally mean it. Everywhere from Tanzania. Do you know where that is? No. Sumatra. How about that? Not really sure. Uh, Kenya. I think I know where that one is. Costa Rica. Definitely know where that one is. But nonetheless, it's all over the world. And it is delicious. It's the way I start every morning with a coffee AMK cup. Drop it right in there and just have some amazing tasting coffee. If you love coffee, you got to check out Coffee AM. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on and check out the full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Again, that's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the promo code locked on at checkout. You'll get 15% off your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. And it's right here in Georgia. All right. Falcons, Rams coming up on Sunday. Um, I, right As of right now, I still think I'm taking the Falcons plus the points again this week. There's there's no reason for me not to. I know that the Rams have a uh, have a have a extra edge on rest uh, as they played the opener on Thursday night, and they're coming off a loss, so they're going to be extra hungry. And you know, obviously, the Falcons blew a 16 point lead in the fourth quarter. But if I understand anything about Arthur Smith, and I feel like I understand a decent amount. I understand that he is very much uh, in tune with his process and believes in it. I, I think the Falcons did so many things right in week one. And I said that the day after. I, I've been saying it uh, all week long that there were a lot of good things to take away from the week one game that I think will carry over. The one question about what I'm not sure will carry over is 22 carries from Cordero Patterson. I don't know uh, if that is a sustainable number for a 31-year-old guy who has been often injured throughout his career. But there's every reason to believe at this point in time. And remember, the sample size is small, but I can't look at last year right now and, and say, okay, the things that happened last year are definitively the things that are going to happen this year. Because last year... There wasn't a game where they rushed for 200 yards, had four sacks, didn't throw an interception, and didn't get sacked. 
In fact, I, I wonder when the last time that game happened for the Atlanta Falcons. But nonetheless, it's got to be early on in the Mike Smith era is my guess. The 13-3 year. Probably, you know, 2012 would probably be my guess. But regardless, why wouldn't they be able to run the ball? I don't know. Did, did the Bills have a hard time running the ball in week one? Uh, the Bills didn't look like they had a hard time doing anything in week one against the Rams. So I, I am somebody who looks at this situation objectively and says, hmm. I can believe the things that I saw in week one. Now, I don't know if they'll get to the quarterback that much uh, as they did last week, but you know, I, I think that there's every chance that they will be able to run the ball as well as they did and hopefully protect the quarterback as well as they did. You know, that to me is, you know, uh something that I think we could take away from the game. That makes a lot of sense. You know, if they can protect Marcus Mariota again and, and they can give him an opportunity to stay as clean as possible, they'll be in this game. Just don't get blown out. That's what I've said repeatedly. Don't get blown out because you, you don't have to win this game, but you got to be competitive. And being competitive leads to more and more games where you have a chance to win them. And eventually some of them will bounce their way. So, I, I am excited for what they put out on the field this week. I think they are going to really maybe surprise some people with how much they're going to be in this game. And, uh, well, like I said last week, I, I don't think they're going to win it, but I think they're going to be competitive, and there's something to be said for that. All right, coming up next, we'll hand out some shovels of wisdom as well. Live Golf, doing something we've never seen before. That's coming up next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z. Final segment here, Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Before we get to my favorite subject of live golf, let's hand out some shovels of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. Ah, you know how we do it every day. Got to whack somebody straight upside the head. Let them know who they are and what they did wrong. And you can do so on my Twitter account, at Mark Zeno, of course. Use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. Like today, can I just give out a, a rapid-fire set of shovels to, like, three people? Here we go. Let's start with Nathaniel Hackett. Back-to-back days. Uh, yeah, Hackett told the media on Monday, maybe we should have gone for it on fourth down instead of trying a 64-yard field goal. No crap, dummy. Everybody in America knew that, but you, dummy. Unreal. Hey, did you hear about the Suns owner? Robert Sarver? This guy? Fined $10 million uh, after an investigation finds conduct clearly violated workplace standards. There you go. Uh, instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, sex-related comments, and inappropriate comments on employees' appearances. What I understand, I think, in reading this thing, he actually used the N-word five times. He was suspended by the league for one year and fined $10 million. And to top it all off, yeah, guess what? Uh, another shovel here. We already gave this one out. We'll do it again to Brett Favre. To get this, now it's found out an investigative report revealed that uh, Mississippi Governor Phil Bryan helped former NFL quarterback Brett Favre obtain welfare funds 
Ronan helped build a new volleyball center at the University of Southern Miss. Unreal. So Brett Favre was paid to do these speeches that he never actually did. Well, I've written a text message quote, if you were to pay me, is there any way the media could find out how and find out where it came from and how much? <laughs> ah, way to go, Brett Favre. You better do some more uh, Tommy Copper. What are they? What, 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 it's like a shave thing, and then he had like the copper thing that was going on for his, uh, anyway. You, you just got to hope you don't go to jail. Don't be a schmuck. Don't take money that you didn't earn in the conversation. Okay. Taking a bite. Let's go. Oh, they really are. Uh, making headline once again. Golfers are going to compete in Live Golf for $50 million. It's the richest purse in the sports history in the Live Golf season ending team championship, which is scheduled to be played down in Miami at uh, Doral from October 27th through the 30th. 12 four man teams are going to compete for $16 million as a first place prize. Teams will be split at 1 through 12. Top four seeds will receive a bye to the quarterfinals. The other eight will play in qualifying round. Now, how will seeding be determined? It's this. By a closest to the pin shootout by team captains, which will take place immediately after players are drafted. Um, okay. Here is where I want to divert from, you know, I want to divert from this golf a bit. I know people love the idea of shootouts, uh, you know, a three-point contest or whatever. I, I, there are certain people who love the idea of the old-school way of picking teams in basketball. Everybody lines up at the free-throw line. If you make it, you're on Team A. If you miss it, you're on Team B. And that's it, right? Uh, some people like that sort of stuff. I don't. I don't. I think there should be some sort of ranking system. That said, it's very telling the comments from one longtime PGA Tour player about the way that they are doing the, the closest to the pin. Now, the rules are, real quick, before I get to this, the player's comments, the rules are uh, the team captain's got to finish the closest to the target will be designated as the first lead, and then each closest one, based on the proximity of the target, will end up being the second. That seems kind of cool. Hey, like, hey, you put your best guy up there and have him make a shot, right? Most people, I think, are okay with that. I, I, I don't like it, but I'm not going to go as far as to say this. Quote, it's very unsurprising they picked something so tacky and unoriginal to try to expand the game. It's bleeping lame is what it is. It's lame as bleep. XFL is N1 mixtape tour. It's not competitive golf. Now, that sounds very old man get off my lawn-ish when it says long-time PGA Tour player. My guess is that's not worried after all. My guess is that's not Scotty Steffler. My guess is that's not uh, who else is still there. That's worthwhile. I can't remember. But anyway, it's not those guys. That's the, that's the whole, you know, like, hey, what do you think, Lee Trevino? That's old guy get off my lawn. It's not ideal. I wouldn't call it sleeping lame. I wouldn't call it XFL and N1 mixtape for Oh, by the way, um, you know, those things are targeted at XFL and N1. They're targeted at younger people. They're not targeted at you, old man. They're really not. And so, from that standpoint, who cares what you think? Because I know Live Golf doesn't care what you think. You know what else doesn't care what you think? The dudes on those 16 teams, they don't care what you think. Or 12 teams, rather. They don't care what you think. 
know why? They're there for one other thing. The worst box ain't it. It's the money. Okay. Another PGA Tour place, but it's not competitive. There's no competitive golfers. Guys who play on the PGA Tour compete majors. It's why they're just not interested in this nonsense. I don't understand why it's not competitive golf. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, that to me is flawed. That's like saying that the, uh, the USFL or the AAF or whatever it was, wasn't competitive football. It was competitive football. It just wasn't the same. That doesn't mean it's not competitive. It doesn't mean it, 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 that the, the players out on the field don't want to compete. Okay. Stop being surly. Stop giving your two cents in. You know what? And here's the other thing. For all you PGA Tour golfers who want to make these comments, if you don't have the balls to put your name to it, then shut up. Seriously. Shut up. If you don't want to put your name to a comment like that, then skip it. Because no one cares what you think. If you're so over the top and so passionate about what Live Golf is doing as not competitive golf, as lame as you know what, as a circus, then stand behind your comment, put your damn name on it. Stop being chicken bleep and acting like, oh my God, I can't stand it. Throw a pair, honestly. It's like insane that nobody wants to put their name on any of this stuff, but they just want to fire pots out the cross. You know what you haven't heard? A single one of these live golfers they can dump on the PGA Tour for the way they treated players, for their, for their draconian rules, for their archaic philosophy about the way players should get money. They don't say a single word about it. You know what they do? They go out and play golf and collect paychecks. But for some reason, everybody on the PGA Tour has some sort of definitive idea of what real golf is, and nobody else should be allowed to play any other form of it. You guys are a joke if you're not in this comment. You really are. Like, it's beyond at this point. If you don't have enough guts to put your name to it, shut up. Because I don't want to hear about your long-time PGA Tour or one PGA golfer. I don't care. You clearly don't mean it that much if you don't want to put your name on it. That's simple. Don't be a source. Be a person. I support this golf. Their golf goes on forever. Talk on. All right, that'll do it for us today here on A to Z. Back tomorrow, a Thursday edition. Thursday night football. Oh, boy. It's supposed to be the weekend. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for making A to Z your first listen. Make it hard to start for you. Your next listen right here on a, on uh, Locked On Sports Atlanta. <laughs> Not on A to Z. On Locked On Sports Atlanta. Again, follow on Twitter. I'm Matt Marks. You know, M-A-R-K-C-I-N-N-O. You guys have a wonderful Wednesday. Don't think